on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. It's episode 31. I'm Karen Bashir and joining me as ever, Dave Baker. Dave, I've got one simple question for you. Your spreadsheets must be going absolutely bonkers at the moment. Um, is your computer able to keep up with them? <laughs> uh, don't rub in my IT challenges, Bash. Yeah, uh, something something has gone wrong in, in Casa Baker in terms of my little home office. So I'm on the laptop, but... Um, no, spreadsheets are still fine. They're they're saved on a they're saved on a Dropbox, so we're we're safe. It's okay. Phew! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one that's relieved to hear that your spreadsheets are still working. Uh, well, look, this episode's all about Epe and uh, the Grand Prix that happened last weekend in Budapest, uh, a massive event. Uh, well, let's get straight into it and let's start with the the women's uh, competition. Team standings, of course, not affected by a Grand Prix event because there's no team competition. But just for the sake of being thorough, uh, China, Russia, Poland and the USA sat in the four automatic qualifying spots with Italy, Korea and Estonia holding uh, the the spots. Well, one vacated by Africa, of course, and Canada having the Pan Am spot. With the individual standings, it was uh, Romania's Popescu and France's Vitaly holding the two European spots, uh, Kong of Hong Kong and Sato of Japan holding the two Asian spots, and Mulhausen, our world champion from Brazil, holding the Pan American spot with Bezbez holding the African spot for Tunisia. Dave, did we know anything about individual qualification? You know, who was going, who wasn't going, whatever, uh, going into the competition? Uh, it's hard to do exactly the maths. I think we probably, because you can get so many points for the GP, it was probably off the cards for everyone except Popescu, I think. Um, but even then, I think, you know, technically probably could have had somebody potentially catching her with a win. Um and not, I think it's it's hard to say. I think we've got a lot more clarity now that this GP is out of the way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, certainly people in strong positions, as you say, mm. Popescu, uh, I'd say Mulhausen mm, and Bezbez definitely. also looking uh, pretty pretty strong as uh, as long as uh, as well as Kong uh, for Hong Kong, but Absolutely. not nothing confirmed. Um, so results in Budapest. Well, it's a second podium in a row for Alexandra Louis Marie of France. She got a silver at the last competition, uh, converted that to a gold in Budapest. A great result for her. She's on some absolutely fine form, and she beat Song Serra of Korea in the finals. It was a return to form for Estonia's Irina Imbrek, who took the bronze medal, along with another rising star from France, Helene Ngom. So let's take a look at the European zone first, as Louis-Marie won the competition. Uh, Popescu, surely she's got to be safe, but uh, Vitaly went out in the 64, and Kravitska and Kandasami uh, were chasing and, and, and went a bit further into the competition. Yeah, absolutely. So Popescu, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Anna Marie Popescu is qualified, which is great. And I know that she feels like she's got a point to prove in the individual event. So uh, having spoken to her in Havana and Barcelona, so that will be great to see Anna Maria there. Um, but obviously, you know, being number one in the world means you've got a target on your head. So it's not going to be easy for her. Um, yeah, not again. Haven't seen haven't seen too many good results from uh, Caroline Vitali. Uh, she's she's been struggling. Uh, and Kravitska is not that far behind. Um, the issue is, though, is that we've only got one competition left, and it is only a World Cup. So if we look at what uh, Kravitska needs to do, she's four points behind Vitaly, 
but then you've got to look at her result that she needs to replace, which is also four points. So that's eight points. As you know, Bash, eight points at a World Cup uh, is inside the top 16. Mm. But then we go to count back. The reason, one of the reasons why Vitaly has all these points is she's European champion. So she's got a gold medal. So the tie break is not friendly for Kravitska. So she needs an eight. Mm. Big result for her. But I mean, again, another fencer that's capable of that, the Ukrainian. Technically, Vitaly's not the only French fencer in the running. I mean, Louis Marie getting a great result has really brought her into this. I know they need her and Kandasami need massive results, but let's not let's not discount them doing that. No, absolutely, still possible. They need to be need to be in the final uh, at a minimum. I mean, assuming Vitaly does does nothing at all. Uh, but yeah, Alexandra Louis Marie's you know two great results in uh, in just the last two competitions has really brought her out of nowhere. And then Marie Florence Candassimi has been up there all season, you know, sort of been twenty ish points behind Vitaly all season. So still in there. Uh, just yeah, need need a gold or a silver medal really. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... Must be nervy moments for the French, uh, uh, well, administration because I think it's a bit of a shock. The French team are not really uh, in the running here, and uh, looking very unlikely that they're going to get into the running. And it's quite possible that um, you know Kravitska could mean that no French fences go. Wouldn't that be? Uh, wouldn't that be amazing in uh, in an epic event to have no French fences? It just would be staggering. Uh, and you know they're they're still I guess still a young team I guess in inverted commas but they're a young team that's been pretty much together for four years or longer you know it's not too many changes from the team that qualified for Rio in those um, in those fences I think they've just they've just seriously underperformed and I think we've seen Estonia come good at the right time as well yes. so um, and obviously that's all dependent on um, uh, no African team as well you know it's just mm. that that Poland have been strong all season. Um, and you know that Italy have outperformed. I'd say uh, mean that you know it's just there's just a lot of um, a lot of European teams that just aren't quite making the cut. Yeah, much harder for uh, the sport for the European powerhouses now that the sport is much more global. That's for sure. Uh, so, well, the the European race not quite over in terms of the individual standing. So let's go on to Asia. Interesting to see Kong not at the event. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about the uh, fencer from Hong Kong, uh, but obviously we know that there are some travel issues uh, with that area of the world, in fact, all over the world at the moment. Uh, so perhaps that played its part. Uh, Sato was in the event, but she went out to Kravitska in the round of 64. Is is her um, spot under threat? Yeah, so heard nothing from Vivian. Uh, Vivian Kong, uh, she is back in Hong Kong training now. Uh, having been at, at Stanford for uh, for university, uh, but uh, I assume uh, hopefully nothing nothing's gone wrong there. Um, but um, yeah, she's qualified, so she's so far ahead that uh, that no matter what happens, she's going to the Olympic Games in Tokyo, which is which is great for her. That'll be her second Olympic Games after Rio. Um, yeah, for the second place, it's yeah considerably more open. So Sato's had a lot of the lead the last couple of competitions. Uh, I think it was after a great result in Havana that sort of pushed her over uh, Yoshimura and then sort of followed that up by a, by a better result in Barcelona as well. Uh, Yoshimura is not out of it, um, but sort of is going to be needing uh, more than a 32. You know, it's going to need to be a 16 
uh, and that's assuming that Sato doesn't do any better. Um, so tough, tough for Yoshimura, but she's very experienced. Um, she's been doing this for a long time. So can't do anything for, for the team event either. This is the only saving grace for the Japanese uh, fences to qualify directly women's at base through this individual route. Yeah. And uh, Best Best was leading the African race. Mulhauser was leading the Pan-American race. Both of them made the round of 16. Best results in their zone. They're qualified, right? They are going to the Olympic Games, yep. So congratulations to them. So we know now that Sarah Bespes of Tunisia, Natalie Molhausen of uh, Brazil, uh, and uh, Kong Manwe Vivian of Hong Kong, and Anna Maria Pescu of uh, Romania are qualified through the individual route. The race is still on for the second European and second Asian spots uh, with one more competition to go. Uh, Dave, where are we going for the final women's EPE qualifier? Your guess is as good as mine, Bash. <laughs> well, I've had, I've had two sets of flights booked for me already and I can't use either of them. I had flights to Chengdu and I'm not going to see the pandas. And uh, I'm, I had flights booked to Tashkent, and I'm not going to see the markets and the souks and the mosques. I'm not doing that. So I don't know. I've heard a couple of rumours in the pipeline that we might be going back to Budapest again, but uh, still to be confirmed. Yes, corona still causing some problems, isn't it? And it's not just fencing, of course. No, I mean, it's, it's everything. And actually, the games itself, uh, you know, we are a very small sport, and when you're talking about you know, Italy cancelling all sport for a month um, and, you know, countries shutting borders and things. You know, we've just got to be lucky that we can get these competitions at all. So, Yeah, it's uh, it's causing big problems uh, in fencing as it is in other sports. But uh, as you say, uh, rumours abound that Budapest is one of the options for the final World Cup for women's epe. So uh, we shall wait to see. And, and perhaps we can update people when we hear some more about that on uh, your fabulous social media pages. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know. I'll let you know where they, uh, the third attempt to try and, to try and get me to a, to a world cup. Well, third time lucky yeah. as they say. <laughs> um, well, that's the women's epe dealt with uh, apart from where we're going for the final qualifier. Uh, so it's time to turn our attention to the men's epe competition. Um, well, let's get straight into it. Team standings, again, not affected by uh, Grand Prix competition, but uh, France, Italy, Switzerland and Ukraine sat in the top four automatic spots with Korea, Hungary, USA and Egypt holding the zonal qualification spots by team. Looking at the individual standings, while well, Sergei Bida of Russia leading Bas Vavayan of the Netherlands uh, in the European spots, Yamada and Kabanov, the Japanese and Kazakh fencer, leading the Asian spots, Yamada Gascon uh, holding on to the Pan-American spot with uh, El Cord holding the African spot. Dave, did we know anything uh, going into the tournament? Do we know if any of these fences were absolutely qualified through the individual route? No, because I mean, the only ones you, you could you could talk about would be uh, possibly Lamado, but I think technically it still wasn't possible to say that he was mathematically qualified. The problem is, is we're playing um, we're playing around with all the team events, especially around Europe. So uh, it left it left a couple of couple of doors open i think probably last time we'd say beta would have been there one way or another um but it's nice to confirm that i'd say 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, the results in Budapest, it was a great result for Yamada. He took the gold medal, and I, I watched a lot of the competition, and uh, I've got to say, he fenced really well throughout. I've got to be honest with you, he didn't have a bad draw as well, uh, but he beat he, he beat Yannick Borella in the final, so that was a, a great result. And uh, it was Ryslin of Ukraine uh, taking the bronze medal uh, with a name that we don't hear so often, and that's Vadim Sharlamov, uh, the uh, Kazakh fencer, coming through for a bronze medal. Uh, another surprise, uh, which we've become used to at EPE competitions. Um, so, look, let's take a look at Asia first. Uh, what does that win for Yamada do for him? Yeah, it's the, the curse of, the curse of uh, Gavin McManamy strikes, uh, strikes again. Minobe has a, has a great competition, finishes uh, in the top eight, I believe. But uh, yeah, Yamada confirms that you know he's the by far the best Asian uh, fencer out there, and he's been there all season. So yeah, he is uh, he is qualified. That is enough. Fabulous stuff, and it's all Gav's fault. It is all Gav's fault. It is entirely Gav's fault. Well, I'm sure he'll be getting uh, plenty of uh, messages from the Japanese uh, fans of Kazuyasu Minobe. Or I should say now, <laughs> Minobe Kazuyasu, That's as right. the yeah. Japanese change the order of their names. Uh, Kurbanov made the uh, round of 32. Uh, he's, he's not quite there yet, is he? No, and it's um, it's uh, it's really dependent on teams. So I'd say he's there or thereabouts could be caught by uh, his compatriot Alexanin. Can't be caught by uh, uh, Shalomayov, um, our surprise bronze medalist, medalist, but um, could, could be caught by Alexanin. Uh, the biggest issue is uh, he needs Korea to stay inside uh, the team qualification. Yeah. They can be caught by China. That's not impossible. Uh, and if that happens, then obviously Park Sang-yong is going to take that second Asian spot at uh, mm. the instrument of Kurbanov. So... Uh, Kerbinov's in a great place, um, but it's not. It's it's a bit out of his control, to put it bluntly. Okay, so interesting, interesting for him. So uh, Asia, we know one qualifier, and that's uh, Yamada Masuro. Uh, let's go on to uh, the Pan American spot, uh, Dave. Yamada Gascon, as you alluded to, is being. Uh, hunted down by just one uh, rival, and that was his brother. Uh, Lamada Gascon got a, a finish in the top 32. Was that enough? Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. I think we needed two gold medals from uh, Jesus Lamado to, to catch him and uh, didn't didn't quite achieve that. So, yeah, Ruben uh, is going to have a chance to replicate his 2012 success, which is uh, which is great. He's uh, I've known, uh, yeah, known Ruben for a while. He was a phenomenal junior. He was sort of my age on the junior circuit. He won, you know, Bash, he won every single Junior World Cup and the Junior World Championships. Imagine doing that in Epe. Oof, that is incredible, isn't it? Uh, uh, and a rich family heritage as well. Coached, uh, coaching by father, by uncle, yep. uh, brothers involved as well. A lot of it's them. a big, yeah, big fencing family. But uh, the Pan Am race is over. Congratulations to Ruben Lamardo at Gascon. Uh, so we move on to Africa, deliberately leaving Europe for last. <laughs> uh, um, Mr. Cord, uh in the qualifying position going in, only made the provisional or the preliminary round of 64. Uh, so is he safe? Oh, well, it, it really depends on it really depends on teams. I sound like a bit of a broken record here for this podcast bash, but 
I'd say if Egypt are good enough to stay inside the 16, then, yep, absolutely, he's qualified. But we know that's not guaranteed. So he does have a couple of uh, chases behind him. So if Ahmed El-Sagir um, has, has a fantastic competition, I guess even technically Ahmed El-Sayed as well could possibly catch him. Uh, but his life is a lot easier if Egypt have a good team day on, on Sunday. But we'll know either way. I think it's particularly unlikely. Yeah, yeah, interesting. We'll have to see how Egypt do, though, yep. in uh, that team competition. Uh, so we move on to Europe. Uh, there's quite a lot to talk about here. Let's let's look at the simple stuff. Sergei Bida sitting at the top of uh, the European individual qualification spots, looking safe. It looks like he's going to go to the Olympic Games, whatever happens. But Russia have got a very good chance of qualifying by team, which would mean Bida wouldn't need that uh, individual spot for Europe, and that releases it. Um, f- let's keep with the facts. Uh, Vivian made the round of 32. Zavrotniak made the round of 16. But, Dave, if my maths is right, Zavrotniak is, now cannot catch Vivian, whatever happens at the last World Cup. No, Radek, uh, Radek Zavrotniak is going to have to go to the zonal qualification event. Right, so if my maths are right as well, there are no other chases, including Zavrotniak, that can catch Vivian from behind. Is that Let's just get that one sorted out. He cannot be caught from a fencer that's gotten less points than him at the moment. Uh, that's correct, yeah. So anyone else uh, would have. So Nikishin, for example, could possibly get there. Um, but obviously there's another Ukrainian fencer involved uh, that we're going to talk to. So no, no, one else, no one else we need to worry about. Right, so you've jumped to where I was going. Because because that team situation is not resolved, and let's be very clear here, we're talking about Russia, who could make it uh, through the team route, uh, Hungary and Ukraine, who currently sit in team qualification positions. But Gergely Siklosi and Igor Ryslin, Hungarian and Ukrainian, sit above Vivian. Should one of those teams drop out it's likely that Russia are going to pick up that spot. Vivian should still be all right. Yeah, so we've got a lot of we've got a lot of things to discuss on <laughs> teams. And there are so many teams in the mix. Um, Buzz does well when European teams do well. And I know that's an oversimplification, but with Ukraine in the top four and then Hungary taking the European place then that means he doesn't need to worry about Siklosi or Reislin. So I think then the nightmare scenario could be Korea jumping into the four. Yeah. And then that means only one of Hungary or Ukraine qualify. Yes. And that means that Siklosi or Reislin would take that European spot. Now could go other ways what would be a huge help would be if Egypt dropped outside of the 16 because as you alluded to bash there's a good chance that Russia um or they're floating up around there anyway but with three sort of three critical fences above uh Baz uh Bida Siklosi and Reislin and those three teams Russia Hungary and Ukraine are all fighting for team qualification and if two of them go, that's great because then 
take two away from the three. There's one European and Baz takes the second one. If only one of them qualifies, then Baz has got two individuals above him that he can't catch. So that's the biggest issue. The winners out of that are China, obviously. And then the next winner after that would be another Asian team. Mm. It's uh, just a fascinating situation, isn't it? Because um, it's going to be nervy moments for Baz Vian right the way through till possibly the fall, maybe even the final in uh, on the Sunday oh, of the final World Cup. Every round, every round bash. Um and it's um, you know when we know we don't need to go don't need to go back to previous podcasts necessarily, but Korea winning in Vancouver really shook this table up, because mm. and especially because they had a really tough start to the season. So I think they got beaten in it was like Spain or something in in um, in it was early on maybe the first World Cup in Paris possibly. Mm. It was odd. It was like a real bloodbath at the start of the season. So it means that their worst results is very low. So they have this huge ability to catch up points. I was having a chat with uh, Hugh Zobri, the Chinese coach, about this. And obviously that's their best chance to qualify a team, given that they've got no um, uh, they've got no fences in the individual qualification routes. They've sort of been fencing better as teams than individuals. Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think Baz is – I'd be concerned. I don't think he's a favourite here. I think there's a real risk that this goes badly wrong. And I really like Baz. I've known known him as long as I've been in the sport and he's seventh in the world. He should go to the Olympic Games. But he might have to go to Madrid and fence that, that horrible fan, uh, qualifier as well. I mean, that European men's epic qualifier, I don't think it gets harder than that. No, very, very tough. Very tough indeed. Okay, so what we know is that Yamada Masaru of Japan and Lamado Gascon, Ruben Lamado of Gascon of Venezuela, uh, have done enough uh, to qualify. Uh, but the race uh, is far from over for the rest of the fences in the field. One more qualifier to go, a World Cup, so both an individual and a team event. Dave, where are we going for that? Going to one of my favourite competitions in the world, Bash. They are going down to Buenos Aires, uh, in Argentina, presumably to celebrate with steak and Malbec if they win and uh, cry into their steak in Malbec if they lose. Yeah, absolutely. And we look forward to that on the 20th and uh, to the 22nd of March, a super bumper weekend for fencing and qualification for Tokyo 2020. Uh, Dave, uh, as always, it's been a great pleasure. We're going to do some preview uh, podcasts going into that final weekend, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to, uh, you want to hear even more, we'll run through all the permutations, and I'll have the spreadsheets at the ready. Uh, so, I guess best thing to do is if you've uh, got any questions, uh, mail them in. Uh, anything we haven't thought of, please let us know, and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, thank you, Dave, as always. Uh, And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back soon for some more Olympic fencing podcasts.